Are you a kiddo who dreams? Kinky dreams? Dreams of wearing pants like the ones you grew up with? Well, golly gee, dream no more. Kinky Dreams specializes in printing cute vintage designs of diaper prints, superheroes, and cartoon characters on adult diapers. These handcrafted pants will leave you feeling your full baby fantasy. If you want to get your grabby hands on one of these one-of-a-kind diapers, make sure to use promo code PLAYTIME for 10% off all Kinky Dreams products. Kinky Dreams, making your little dreams come true. Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsies Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to wet my pamps. I am your host, Newsy Baby. Before we get to this episode's guest, one quick announcement. Stromatica is looking for volunteers. You may remember Casey Strom told us he would create an organization to put on ABDL-focused events after the organizers of TeddyCon said that they were closing their doors for good. Stromatica plans to launch an Age Play Hotel Takeover event in fall of 2023. Planning for this event is well underway, but organizers say they need volunteers to help launch and lead their new experiences, classes, and projects. I will post a link to their website in the show notes of this episode. Ha! It's no secret that I'm a mega-soka. Sometimes I just put on a diaper, drink a little water, and bam, I'm leaking all over the place. And I'm left thinking, is it me? Am I the soka? And then I found North Shore's Megamaxes. Have you seen them? They say they can last up to 12 hours. 12 hours, I know! And they come in a variety of colors like white, pink, tie-dye, and blue. My favorites is blue. And the best part is it's anti-odor, so I can be my little stinker self all I want. If you want to get your grabby hands on them, just look in the show notes of this episode. I got you. It's like what North Shore always says. Be dry, be confident, be you. This week in Newsies Nook, I want to highlight a content creator in our community. Stories transport us to new worlds and allow us to live out new adventures. Champ the Otter's ABDL stories allow his readers to experience their wildest diaper fantasies, all while promoting self-acceptance for their kink. Champ also produces a variety of hypnophiles on his Patreon. I discovered Champ when I asked my friends who their favorite ABDL author was. So to figure out what makes his stories hotter, here is my conversation with Champ the Otter. Did you come from the age of Deeker Diaper? Yes, and I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've got a few things to say about then and now for sure. <laughs> so if anyone doesn't remember Deeker Diaper, it was basically this website of just diaper stories of any, of any topic, right? Like you could pick kids on a road trip or you could be like being babied hardcore. And while I was reading your story, I was reminded of like, the hotness of those stories like my favorite passage from diaper training my boyfriend is he's changing him and one of the lines is like repeat after me I need diapers at night so I don't wet my bed and then you go into detail of him rubbing the front of the diaper and having him repeat these words and like as you're doing it of course I'm locked and I was a little high last night so as I was reading it so you were like forcing what made it so hot was you were forcing me to read the lines out loud as if it was happening to me and I was like mm-hmm. oh my gosh this is this is so hot so like where did where did you learn to write all these good stories uh actually well um I've written I I think I liked writing as a kid thanks to a couple really great teachers Mm -hmm. that made that available for us and then when I was in college I decided to major eventually when I picked a major I decided to settle on creative writing and so I got a lot in there and then um, I did a little bit of writing here and there Um, but uh, that's a lot of my background Uh, yeah and and I just think like I really think that I I've thought a lot about ABDL and like my own interests and so I, I really like it's like write what you know right it's something I'm passionate about so it's like I can write about it right and I brought up Deeker Diaper was kind of like it this reminded me of that kind of style of writing what what's what was what's your history with Deeker so I would say like 
one thing that people who haven't grown up with this interest uh, may not know is that, you know, a lot of us before we went online, we had no idea that, that anyone else had this interest, let alone like made content about it. Like I thought I was the only person in the world that wanted to wear diapers. And I was like, you know, I was like, no one will ever know this secret of mine. Right. And, um, and looking back on some of the stories I read back then, I don't know how good the writing holds up today. Some of it, you know, probably not, but um, at that time, anything like seeing anything having a repository like that um was amazing and mind-blowing and uh and I absolutely it was really cool to kind of see that diaper fiction right and what I kind of loved about it at least for my own development as an ABDL was it allowed me to kind of experience ABDL in my own imagination right it's like mm -hmm. in its purest form and I think that's what adult, you know, ABDL stories do for us. They're, they allow us to imagine scenes in our head without actually having a scene partner. And that is so helpful when, like you said, and I felt the same way growing up, I felt so alone in this kink. I thought I was the only one. So it was kind of fun to have stories and be like, oh, like that's how it is. So does that influence the way you write your stories now? Kind of like creating these scenarios that you're like, ooh, if I was a kid, and this was like a first diaper experience, like that's how I want to write that? One part of it is I'm a very, very visual person. So visual description is really important for me. And I can think back and I can see it like a movie playing in my head. So I'm literally like describing a movie. So people who are also visual thinkers are gonna pick up on that for sure. And hopefully be able to see that, what I'm, what I'm portraying. Um, but on the topic of, hey, maybe someone's, you know, learning about this themselves for the first time i like to throw in some things in there because i've over the years i've learned things about myself i've learned you know um what i find really hot about experiences that i've had um or also just you know maybe what's a a, a positive way to approach uh you know your uh interest in the abdl so i try and put little things in there uh, that can maybe bring that up in people's minds as well. Uh, yeah, so I think coming from a positive place, sex positive place, BDL positive place. Right. No, I totally feel that too. I know just as a podcaster, my beginning episodes focused on, you know, a lot of headspace and stuff because that's what I was curious about. And so it's kind of interesting as I do this podcast, I pick different topics that I'm like, ooh, that's a new thing to think about and explore. What would you say you were writing about when you first started versus what you write about now? What kind of growth can you tell us about? For ABDL? Or just in general, like what did you, what did you start writing about and then what are you writing about now that you noticed? Well, heck, when I first wrote, I was very creative. I think I wrote one about the called the cheese that ate New York when I was like in second grade. It was really silly. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I liked Garfield a lot. So I like wrote a Garfield story. So I, then I went to like the kind of thing of like learning how plot works for other authors and then kind of like being able to like mimic that. Mm -hmm. And then my first diaper story um, <clears throat> was after like, you know, my first story was actually kind of like a self-acceptance story about mm -hmm. um, being gay because those were also what I read when I was younger because I, you know, am gay and coming to accept that is also a journey and one that we often struggle with at the beginning and so for me i really loved fiction of uh well furry fiction actually of characters coming to terms and coming of age uh and becoming like learning to accept themselves in in like a positive way uh as you know queer or gay right and so i do that same thing with ABDL, kind of. But my first story was someone learning to accept that they were gay and then having a gay orgy uh, with their, their furry neighbors. And then the, the, the furry neighbors did like an Eiffel Tower 
Okay. They like ordered pizza, put it on their back, and like did like did an Eiffel Tower. You know what that is? Right. Yeah. Where one's in the front, one's in the back, and one. Yeah. In the back. Yes. Just because I wanted to be like you know, because I don't, I'm not a very serious person. And what they ate pizza off the bottoms back? Yeah, the Ooh. the gay birthday boys back. That's kind of hot. Yeah, kind of fun. And where is your writing taking you? Like, what's like, what's the, like the latest thing that you've written about that you're like, that's kind of hot. Uh, I'm really excited about this series that I'm working on called uh, Aliens Diaper Pet. And um, it's basically um, based off this, you know, I like human ABDL and I like furry ABDL. And sometimes it makes this fun too. There's a really hot picture of uh, on, on for affinity I found that had a a space captain being diapered by a fuzzy green like alien dude, and he's a space martin, super cute but super horny. And so my main character basically in that story. Um, is in the middle of like a bedroom scene with his boyfriend where he's like, yeah, I want to be a baby forever and blah, blah, blah. And I need my diapers and everything. And then the alien abducts him like right then. And they're like, oh yeah, we heard you. We know that you're a baby and you need diapers. So we're going <laughs> to keep you diapered. And uh, and then he like is introduced to this whole different society of aliens and, uh, and as a diapered pet. Oh, how interesting. I noticed that about the story you did give me to read that all of your and I don't know about this and tell me if I'm wrong are all of your stories kind of long form episodic stories like you give us little little uh, vignettes of scenes but like in a whole they're all really long stories. No, um, so those stories come out of my um, free rights which I do as part of my Patreon like I basically do a habit of trying to I try to write every day I do less now that you know I'm back to work and I'm actually working full time now mm -hmm. um but I try to work I try to write every day and then I'll post them up and then people will vote on what stories they want continued and then um some of those stories get really long and then when they're done I'll edit them and post them up and they can be as long as 80 or 250 pages it just depends on how long it goes right like uh, but then there's stories that are like seven pages or there's stories that are like three pages so all all lengths yeah in fact there's a really hot one i should send you that's a short one if you're more of a short reader called fixed do you have it in front of you <laughs> yeah do you want to read a little bit of it yeah um here let me jump on my uh google drive here okay let me know when to start yeah go ahead okay fixed Come to my office for a free consultation. I make people's dreams come true. That's what the website said. After months of searching for a kinkoware doctor, you found exactly what you were hoping for. You answered the questionnaire, spoke to the doctor, paid the fee, and it wasn't cheap, and waited. You were reluctant to put down your entire savings for the procedure up front, but the results spoke for themselves. Clients of his had never been happier with the results. He made people's dreams come true. Unfortunately for you, there was something you failed to notice, something you missed as you were secured to the exam table, naked, your modestly sized manhood standing at attention. You were too focused on the end goal to see the whole picture, too busy imagining the monster cock you always wanted to ask questions. You closed your eyes and laid back, knowing that when you woke up, your imperfect equipment would be fixed. But now, now that your eyes are open and you're looking down between your legs, you see, you see your penis is no larger than before. Nothing has changed. Disappointed, you try to sit up and grab it with your hand. But as you're still strapped down, unable to move, you watched as a single bead of precom appears at the tip of your cockhead. Grow, grows, rolls down the shaft as more milky liquid issues forth. You watch with growing concern as your rigid prong continues to drip milky pre all over itself and the table, followed by an occasional spurt and drip, drip, drip of urine. You fling cum and urine across the exam table as you writhe and try to clench your legs, your butt, your, pe your pelvic floor. You gasp in shock, shock as you realize that no matter what you do, you can't stop it. He's perfect, comes a deep voice from just beside you. 
You turn your head to see a man beaming down at you. The doctor is shaking his hand. That's when you realize your mistake. The good doctor did say he made people's dreams come true, but he never said whose dreams. Oh my gosh. Uh, and it goes on from there. Uh, and it's basically then, uh, it's a second person story, which isn't super common, but uh, it's basically your new life with daddy after that. Wow. Had you been tied down before? Oh, definitely. What I kind of, I don't know how to, because like, okay, my real life job, is you know writing being a journalist and stuff i know when people can't write and it's usually because they haven't experienced things but the way you write it's like as you were reading it i was like i could totally picture myself being like tied down looking down at my cock and like not being able to touch it and like all the and what you were saying like all the little details right like the bead of milky white come at coming out of the tip i mean you give us so many details yeah that like that's why i kind of zoned off for a little bit i was like oh hopefully he knows i'm still paying attention but no i can i can see all the details sensory details is very important to me and i know not all writers do that famous writer like hemingway he basically leaves it out like he can have straight dialogue and you have to infer what the people are thinking their expressions but i can't do that my mind's a blank when i read like that so for me, I'm a very visual person, so I love to throw in those sensory details. Yeah. I, well, as as a listener, I enjoy them. Um, have you ever have you ever experienced like have you ever had a scene or something that you were like, wow, this is really hot. I just want to go home and write about it. Um, yes, but what I think instead is like I'm going to like be fully present and try and like experience and remember as much as I can because I really want to write about this later yeah oh, so I try to like absorb it and memorize it as much as possible right you're trying to record like all these yeah. details and you're probably even like trying to record details like the small details right like maybe like if you were tied down like what was the restraint feeling like on your hands or something or what like even like a daddy's breath or the smell of them or exactly or and all the thoughts and feelings that go through your head uh, one scene that that really sticks out in my mind is um i you know believe it or not even though like i have a kinky partner and we have like a play space downstairs that's where i record by the way when i record stuff because okay. it's got um soundproofing on the walls um so no echo nice but um, uh, one scene that sticks out in my mind is there is this one time when he and a couple other people in our little group uh, decided to give me a little treat and tie me to the table with my legs up. And they basically, um, they had me kind of sensory deprived. So I couldn't see, they had like a, like a, a blindfold on. Okay. Um, but I could hear. And um, they had me, they put my butt like on the open diaper while they set things up. So all this time while they're like talking and like getting ready or whatever, I'm like on the diaper anticipating being put in this diaper. Uh -huh. And, and it, you know, it was really, really cool. It was really intense and cool. Because you were like, wait, you like had all the feelings of about to be put in a diaper, but they were like denying you that feeling with having your legs up in the air and stuff. Well, this scene was like I was being forced into a diaper. So it oh. was like, I was like imagining myself as someone who is like, I'm about to be forced into a diaper and like, like nervous about that, but then like stuck in that while I'm sitting on it, anticipating it happening. Ooh, that's yeah. fun. Side question. Did you meet your partner before or after you started writing stories? Uh, after I wrote my first stories, for sure. And after my first diaper story that, uh, called Back to School. So I had written a complete 13-chapter diaper story. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I met my partner. Um, and I've been with him for a few years before I really started writing in earnest. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wrote in I started writing because of the pandemic because I always wanted to be a writer, but I always buried myself in my work, telling myself I didn't have enough time. 
I was mm -hmm. too busy. I do a lay like it's an aspiration. But when you take everything else away, you know, I wasn't working. There was nothing else. And I was like, okay, well, this is a time that I could be writing. If I don't do it now, then when am I going to do it? I might as well stop saying that that's a dream I have. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to give it a go. And, uh, nice. and yeah, I've been writing ever since. And I'm guessing you're enjoying the journey of writing more and more. Well, now that the pandemic's kind of slowing down a little bit, but like, were you, were you just like, when you look back at those months that you were writing like every day and, you know, you could write as much as you want, are those, do you look back at those memories? Like, wow, look what I did. Yes. Cause it's, and the thing about it was, so the goal was I wanted to be someone where if you asked, Hey, do you know, like a diaper writer, someone would say my name. Yes. And so I think maybe I've gone there by now, I hope. And, uh, but um, yeah, I think the thing that motivated me, and I think what motivates a lot of artists is the reaction from other people when you, you learn that they read your stuff and they've enjoyed it. Because that's the most rewarding and motivating thing. And I know myself, I, uh, I wouldn't write just for myself. So the motivating factor is that other people are looking forward to my writing. And that's the whole reason I made the Patreon. Like I didn't expect to really make any money from it because it's difficult to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, the point of it is that now I know that our people are like waiting on my writing. So I'm like really motivated to push myself and I'm super happy. Yeah. Nice. What, let's go into like, what is, what are some people's, reactions to your story i mean like other than the obvious of like oh it's so good oh it's so this have you had any comments that like made you take pause like wow i really did that for you or wow i didn't realize i was doing that for you yeah there's a few stories um where i really went into the relationship between a big and a little and a very kind of tender relationship and kind of modeling like we were talking earlier kind of like modeling a good relationship modeling a healthy relationship modeling like self-acceptance and things like that. And for some people that was very moving and meaningful. Um, and uh, it's moving and meaningful for me to write too. So, uh, you know, to feel that other people are also feeling that when they're reading it. Yeah, that's that's really uh, 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 amazing to me, yeah. Side question that I just thought of. Did, does, your, does your partner know when he's in the stories? Like, I'm guessing, I'm guessing there's essence of him in some of the stories, right? There is essence of him in some of the stories, but you know, he's not really a big though. His, his interest is elsewhere. He doesn't have an ABDL interest at all, actually. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. He's, he's into weight gain. Um, he's into, um, biting. Um, he's, he's into, uh, uh, breath play. He's into different things. Very uh -huh. kinky. Um, but what he really likes is like enabling his partners to be able to pursue what they're passionate about. So that's kind of what, you know, the fact, fact that I'm really into it is kind of what excites him. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's not really one of the bigs in any of the stories, but yeah, bits and pieces of him do pop up. Uh, he doesn't really know about it. I don't really, um, he's, I don't like really, I don't really have him read my stories, I guess. Oh, so, okay. But he knows that I write. Yeah. Cool. So for you, what makes a good hot or good diaper story? That's a really good question. Um, I think, uh, as we mentioned before, there has to be, I have to be able to see it in my head. I have to be able to put myself in the place of the character. And usually um, it's going to be the submissive character because that's, my bent. I'm 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 sub sub. So I'm I tend to be submissive. So I'm usually imagining myself as the bottom or the submissive or the person being babied or dominated or regressed. Um, and and that's what makes the story really hot for me. Um, and also I really like being able to like I I like that the characters are turned on. Um, like, I don't want to go into like, not to go on negative or turnoffs or anything, 
but, but like uh, it doesn't really turn me on when the story is about the main character being humiliated to the exclusion of any pleasure for them in the story, you know, where they're having a miserable time the entire time. Um, uh, I really like where there's at least some, even if they're embarrassed, super embarrassed that it turns them on, but they are turned on and having some kind of pleasure from it. In fact, that that's when the embarrassment comes exciting because they're really feeling good and they, they're embarrassed about it. Right. Yeah. And you do a very good job setting up embarrassment, right? It could be so easy to be like, you know, we're at the grocery store and you started leaking, right? Like that, that's an embarrassing scene, but in the story you gave me diaper training my boyfriend uh one of the embarrassing scenes that you give is not to this is just one snippet of the story i'm not giving the whole thing away but, go for it. but um when the friends come over and you take the main character and the boyfriend go into the back room and he's like all right i'm going to change your diaper and he's like no not in front of all these people right like when i was reading it i was like oh my god i'd be so embarrassed but also kind of like a little turned on a little bit right like you're you're like you're picking at all these like things where I'm like wow that is really embarrassing and but I also like would find that really hot if that happened to me for sure yeah you have to like and the thing about in that story is he eases into it because if you push someone too far it's gonna be a bad time it's just not it's not good like from experience I don't like real life like being embarrassed in public or anything like that it makes me anxious. It's, mm. you know, I don't like being pushed beyond my limit. It doesn't feel good. Um, so it's like in that story, it's all about this daddy dom basically gradually <laughs> putting his, you know, his little, his guy in, who doesn't even, isn't a little yet, but becoming little right. uh, with his help, uh, you know, gradually like getting him deeper and deeper into this. Uh, lifestyle right yeah and it's very kind of episodic too because you're right in the beginning of the story it's very just him and the daddy it you know it's just their scenes and then it grows into like you know maybe it's the the coffee shop right coffee shop owner getting involved and then it's like the daddy's work employees getting involved right like you set the seeds up to where it can involve include other people and it involves the humiliation even more yeah, and the important thing in my stories is there's never, I don't tend to have um, this kind of negativity where it's like, oh, people, you know, view this as like, this person is a bad thing or whatever. People tend to be like, oh, this is so cute and like very positive about it. That tends to be their reaction to it in the stories. Which, you know, if we're going back to the whole, you know, Deeker diaper thing and this and I don't know about I don't know if any of your readers have ever told you this but if you know if if your story was the first story I ever read about being a diaper boy I think having that sense of positivity woven into the story probably helps a lot of people's mentalities into thinking like oh this isn't as weird as I think it is mm -hmm. yeah exactly I think it's I think it's adorable and you know my partner who isn't even ABGL agrees i talked i've talked to various people it's i think guys in diapers is objectively cute it just is um and yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my opinion <laughs> do you do you ever have people message you saying like i'm curious about diapers and your story helped me have you ever had any of those comments it, it, it tends to be more about my uh, audio work that I do, uh, where I get the messages from people about it helping them. Um, the stories, I feel like people tend to comment on the stories uh, that they really liked it or that they really like uh, liked the message with uh, the big and the littles interacting. Mm -hmm. Not, Deborah Train, my boyfriend, is just straight up horny. But there's some where it really is like a really tender relationship, and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a different kind of uh, feel. Yeah. Got it. I don't know what that says about me that you gave me all these options for stories and I picked the most horniest of all. Of yeah. Them. So I don't, you, that probably says a lot about me when you're like, oh, it, he wants to read that one. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that one. <laughs> um, before we end on this chapter, could you give any tips? 
for people who want to get into diaper story writing or maybe they're starting off and maybe they just need a little more kick in their step to up their game yeah i do um and i did a panel on this actually last year's uh, baby fur con mm -hmm. um the best thing you can do is set a 15 time minute timer every day um could be like as little as five minutes or as much as 30 minutes but maybe you start like you know 15 minutes a day write every day do it for like a week do it for a month. You'll get into that habit of writing and it'll be easier to write. But don't just set a timer and stare at the page for 15 minutes. Um, I recommend what I call a free write, um, where you basically, the goal is um, you don't have to write a coherent story. It doesn't even have to make sense, but just write, keep writing words, whatever comes through your head, just keep writing without stopping. And as you get used to doing that, what that does is it short circuits that inner editor, the inner critic that stops us from writing when we're trying to write. Because there's a time to get your idea on the page and there's a time to edit. And um, you're not gonna have anything to edit if you can't get your ideas on the page first. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're so harsh on ourselves, right? Like when we start something, we always think no matter what it is in life, we're always like, Oh, it has to be perfect before I start. But in reality, it's, it's usually never perfect when you start. Yeah. Um, you can toss, you know, with a free, write, You can, you can toss it out at the end of each day if you want to, or save an idea or two that you liked, but doing that has worked for me. I never get writer's block anymore. I just, I can sit down with no idea in my head of what I'm going to write. And 15 minutes later, I've started to write a story. Are you diapered when you write? <laughs> I am often diapered when I write, yes. I used to be 24-7, so I was diapered for most of my stories. Wow. Oh, that was another thing that before, because I do want to get to your hypnosis, but that was another thing that as someone who's a self-proclaimed messer, there is a scene in diaper, diaper Training My Boyfriend where... He loads up his his boy the night before, and then, you know, he's tickling him in the morning, and then he's like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, and then he blorts. And I'm like, oh, he's writing about messing. And then a few, a few sentences later, you're like, oh, no, it's just, you know, the load that he put him in the night before comes out. I thought that was such good writing because as a messer, I was like, oh, he's writing about messing. People usually never write about messing, but then you didn't. You, like, you, you like tricked me, and I was like, I'm turned on because I got tricked. Like, I don't know. It, like, it, good good on you, sir. Because mm. I was like, oh, he's writing about messing. And then you faked, you faked me. I you faked, faked me. That. Yes. But I may, may have written about messing later on in that story. It's possible. Did I you? Remember. I think I did. I don't remember. <laughs> if you did, I, I, was, I was quite high when I read it. Because I, I was like, I also... I believe it was a couple chapters later when he gets sick because he's hungover. That's right. Okay, no, I am remembering it. He's hungover yeah. and his stomach. Okay, that's right. I think it, I think it was just because you just had the, him getting loaded up that it was like still all engaging. That I was like, oh. Ooh. Anyway. As a bottom, I've had those mornings after after I bottomed and then been put in a diaper for the night. And yeah, you can definitely like lose control and then think that you went, but it was just calm. It's hot. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> that was my whole senior year of college was when I met my boyfriend and I would go over to his place the night before and then, you know, I was loaded up like a good bottom and then he would set me out the door and then I would be sitting in class like... <laughs> This isn't good. Should've, should've been padded. I know. Well, I wasn't self I wasn't accepting myself at that time, but we've grown yeah. since then. Yeah. Um let's talk about your your hypnosis. But before we begin, can you talk to me about the hypnosis file you sent me, Praise Kink Hypno? Sure. Um, you know, uh we've kind of talked a little bit about the positive side of things. So there's a horny side of things and there's a positive side of things this is one of the more encouraging side of things. So some of my hypnos are like um, all about kind of encouragement. And even if a person is listening and they're not, and they don't go into a hypnotic trance, um, it'll still kind of get those ideas in your head 
of like these positive thought patterns, right? And so this one's all about kind of giving praise and also, you know, tying in some positive feelings around padding. And there's a, yeah, there's a crinkle butt version. And then there's one that's like, you know, if you want to wear undies or pull-ups or something, because not everyone, you know, some people like to regress, but they're not like into um, diapers. And, and I like to try and like accommodate them in some of my files too. Oh, so when you make when you make hypnosis files, you you make different versions. So like essence yeah. of the same, but like with different. So one's like padding, one's undies. Yeah, I try to do different versions sometimes, um, like a padded version, um, a, a horny version, or like maybe I do with different genders, um, or no or a gender, without mentioning genders. So I try and like be really inclusive with my hypnosis. Oh, very cool. All right. Yeah. Let me play a little bit right now. And here you are. And you know why you're here, don't you? Yes, you're here because you're a good little one who likes to listen to their hypno and follow along. Because you're a good little listener. Say it with me now. I'm a good little listener. Very good. You are a good little listener. And a good little repeater, too. You can take it from me and notice how good that feels. Very good. Just like you are, little one. And since you're here, and since you are following along like a good little listener, then I would like to let you in on a little secret. Would you like to hear a secret? Good. Because good little ones get to hear good little secrets. That's right. Good little ones get to hear good little secrets. And this one is about those hypnophiles you like that make you feel so good inside and maybe even have other effects as well. You know the ones I'm talking about, don't you? Yes, you do. There's a secret reason why those files are super effective on you. Do you know what the secret reason is? Whenever a hypnophile works on you, that's because you had some secret wish, one that may have been secret to even you. And when you're a good little one who listens to my words and follows along, those wishes can come true. That's right. Your so I've had someone talk about hypnosis on the show before, but you say you come from the kink side of hypnosis. Explain to me what the kink side of, of hypnosis is. Sure. There's, you know, there's different uh, types of hypnotists. There's hypnotherapists, uh, there's hobby hypnotists, and there's stage hypnotists. And a hobby hypnotist, um, uh, you know, is, is tends to come to it from a little bit of a different place. Um, the the person in particular that I uh, got it from, uh, uh, their their kind of focus was on kind of like uh, creating. creating a headspace where you can like accept different suggestions and then focusing on like physical effects, uh, different like uh, effects that would enhance maybe a scene, for example. So very easy to like um, tell, like give someone the suggestion that maybe their arm is now tied to the chair with a magnetic, magic magnetic lock. Mm -hmm. And the harder they try to pull, the stronger the magnet becomes, right? And so they can, you know, really feel like, oh, now I'm like, you know, tied to the chair or, or you know, magneted to the chair. Um, and there's a lot you can do. Uh, yeah, there's a lot you can do with like kind of headspace and kind of uh, different effects that way. Um, so I kind of like drew from that and then took that from that what I could putting into the audio realm because of course audio is a limited medium. You can't do everything you can do in person. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but you can do different things. And, and one of the ideas is like I mentioned, um, this kind of double bind um, where you, uh, just a perfect example, um, say put the suggestion that uh, you are, uh, you, you peed your diaper. So it's obvious that uh, we need to keep you in diapers. 
and then uh, you know because if you did it on purpose, uh, then clearly we can't trust you. We need to keep you in diapers. And if you did it on accident, then clearly you can't control yourself. We need to keep you in diapers. So you give like two possibilities for the brain to choose and both of them lead to the same outcome, for example. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, other parts are the same, like hypnotherapy. What I mean, all hypnosis uh, does have this kind of idea of an induction where you're getting someone into this headspace of being ready to be hypnotized. Um, but it's just how you apply it, what your goal is with it, what you're doing with it is a little different. Nice. What makes a good hypnosis audio, in your opinion? Well, I, I have reiterating the fact that not everyone who listens to it is going to be able to enter into trance versus, you know, an in-person session. Um, first and foremost, I think it has to be entertaining, has to be enjoyable because at least a certain percentage is going to be enjoying it just for the entertainment value of, you know, enjoying this fantasy, enjoying what they're listening to. Um, for some, I literally have ones that are literally masturbation aids. I think I have one called like um, guided masturbation where you're like going, yeah, you're going through like a grocery store and you like pick up a pack of diapers and then you like put one on and yeah, basically. Um, so, uh, do you really have Do you really have a guided masturbation one? Uh, yeah, I have a couple. Or that that are I have a couple uh, diaper lover ones as well that are more into that. Like, I think cartoon corruption is one that like makes you horny when you hear like cartoon theme songs. And I've got one that like called like dumb stinky diaper humper that I just put out. That's really funny. Um, fun. Wait, can you send me that one? Can I play a little bit of that one? What, Dumb stinky, stinky Diaper Humper? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That one's like, I'm super proud of it. And I um, got the idea from an amazing furry artist named Bottle Bear, who drew art um, for someone. Um, uh, and that inspired me to kind of come up with a story that inspired this hypno. And then he did the cover album for the hypno. So it's like come full circle with that. Oh, that's yeah, let me, yeah, okay. Skip to the middle. You, you say the middle is like a good. No, point. no, it's it's already it's so any part of this is gonna not have the induction in it. So these ones, so there's two types. I have ones with inductions and ones without. The ones with inductions um, is designed for one listen through. It takes you into trance and out of trance. Um, and if you don't know what an induction is, um, again, the idea of an induction, the most basic one people think of is like progressive muscle relaxation, where they're like, okay, relax your, your forehead, relax your eyes, relax. And by the time you get down to your toes, you'll be completely relaxed. That's the slowest way to do it. And it's a very effective way, but there's just faster ways as well that I usually use. Mm -hmm. um, the body type that I sent you is made so it can just be looped. So people could like listen to it overnight or over a long period or as they sleep or whatever. Six, You're being a good diaper hopper, and you know it. Five, and you've five, been listening to my words often. Four, like a good diaper hopper, four, should it happen to you? Three, yes. Three, two. You're so good at zoning out and listening in. Two, so good one, at listening to my words and following one, along as you enter a nice deep trance. Zero, nice, happy, humpy trance, and touching. Or humping those diapers only makes that trance deeper, makes that dumb grin wider. Go ahead and try that now, dropping into a happy, humpy trance. You rub your diapers, dropping deeper with each touch, rub or hump, dropping deeper and dumber with each crinkle. Good job, diaper humper. You're doing so well, listen to my words doing the things they tell you to do, dropping deeper and dumber every time you listen to my words, allowing the effects of those words to change your daily habits. Little by little, you're learning how to be a good diaper humper. Isn't that just wonderful? Good the diaper humpers don't curse. The editing on it is so good. Every time you try to curse. It's like 
replace. Is there like a white word. noise underneath? That's the noise I was talking about. In order to get that right, I've recently learned that I have to do it at 256 KP, KBPS. And this is the first one I did it at that. Yeah, before that, the white noise is a little bit um, not as nice because of it. I could go back and edit. I have them all. I do Adobe uh, Adobe Audition, and I have all the files, like all the, the tracks saved. So I could go back and edit or do customs for people or whatever if I wanted to on all of my files, except the very earliest that I was doing Fairlight. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I will, I will definitely enjoy more of that when I have some alone time with myself. Um, well, I guess last question before we go is, you know, we were talking about how, you know, diapers have helped you accept your journey with ABDL hypnosis is very, your hypnosis is very positive. What words of wisdom could you give someone who who may be struggling with their abdl journey because it sounds like you know through writing and stuff you've kind of grasped your own um you know acceptance i think that if if this is something that you've had for a long time this is more for the people that have always had this interest not someone who's just getting introduced and discovering it maybe from a friend that got them into it and they're like oh i like this for those of us who have like grown up with this, um, you know, a lot of us know this binge purge cycle where we try to get rid of this interest. We try to take it out and, and, and stomp it out and it always comes back. And after, for me, after six years of doing this cycle, once a year, trying to get rid of everything and then buying it all back, I just finally realized, you know what, this is just a part of who I am and I, I'm never going to get rid of it. So why not just see where I need to be to be uh, okay to where I'm not feeling this craving where I have to per a binge, right? And that kind of accepting that this is a part of yourself and then just kind of exploring to see what is the right balance in your life, I think is a much like healthier way to go about it and and i think you know you'll be a lot happier if you if you can get there i love that well champ if people wanted to follow you where can they follow you and if they wanted to join your patreon what can they find in your patreon uh if you want to follow me i'm most active on twitter uh it's champ the otter but spelled with a gamer spelling of t-e-h um, and it's same for my Patreon. Um, I'm also on Fur Affinity. I'm on SoFurry. I'm on, I post a little bit on Daily Diapers and Diaper Boys as well. Um, and uh, my files, I also post on Warp My Mind from time to time. So you can find me around. Um, on the Patreon, you'll find uh, my daily free writes, which I don't write every day anymore, but I write several times a week. Um, uh, you'll also find my stories and my hypnos. Nice. Very good. And what, what are like, what, how much are we saying when, when we're thinking Patreon, like what gets me what? Uh, two bucks a month gets you the daily free rights, which is about five nowadays, like five days a week, um, of like a little story to, you know, two to six pages of little, like whatever I wrote up for the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, five bucks a month gets you all the story content, which I try to do two PDFs. Some months it's one, some months it's three, but I try to do two, two PDFs a month. And um, uh, 10 bucks a month gets you the audio and the stories and the, everything um, all together. And then a few people donate 20. And that literally is if you just want to give me more and you want like first listen to the audio and you want like to ask for a custom change to one of the files. Yeah. Oh, nice. And when you say audio, we're talking about hypnosis files, right? Hypnosis. Um, uh, sometimes I do like, uh, I'll do like something for the $5 tier, which I call a mini audio. So I'll try and do like a little shorter one so that they can also enjoy some new hypno uh, in the months as well. 
do you ever have plans to make one of your stories into like you read the story? Yeah, I sometimes do some like little crossover with the story and the audio. And one of the funny ones I did uh, quite a while back was called The Dangers of Audio Editing because I don't really listen to my own hypnos because I consider it like almost self-indulgent. But of course I have to listen to them when I edit them. Mm-hmm. And it does actually sometimes kind of start to put me in a trance or start to like affect me. And so I wrote a story where like the, the main character basically is editing these audios for other people, their kink audios, and then like getting all these kinks. <laughs> Wait, that That's actually cool. sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'll send that to you. I'll send you that one. Um, yeah, The Dangers of Audio Editing. That one's been out for quite a while. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this makes me narcissistic, but there is at least one uh, one episode I've done where I might have gotten off listening to it. So I totally feel you on that in terms of like editing an episode and like, wow, this is actually really good. Like, I'm actually really enjoying this. That's awesome. Hey, that's that's a good sign. There you, right, exactly. If you can't get off on your own content, who can you get off on? Mm-hmm. I think RuPaul said that. No, I'm joking. She didn't say that. Uh, well, thank you, Champ, for coming to Newsy's Nook and talking about your your incredible stories and talking about your audio. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Bye. <laughs> Adios. I will have Champ's links in the show notes of this episode. All right, kiddos, I need to change out of this sticky diaper. See ya. Bye. Hey, do you know how to read? I don't know how to read. But I heard Playtime has a new bi-weekly online kink magazine. It's called Playzine. Yeah, I heard if I knew how to read, I could read about different fetish lifestyles, events, entertainment, and news. I guess I gotta go to the Playtime website to practice my reading skills.